My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello and welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan. We're going to dive right into the comedy today, but I wanted to let you know that this first set also takes a dive into the world of peanut allergies. Now, I have a daughter with one of those. I have friends whose kids have very serious versions of that allergy, but this set is not insensitive or mean-spirited, and in fact, on this show, we go out of our way to not present comedy like that, so I hope you enjoy it. This performer's TV comedy specials have aired on CTV, CBC, HBO, the Comedy Network, and Comedy Central. He's a brilliant storyteller, and he's one of only two Canadians in 35 years to win the illustrious Seattle International Comedy Competition. Here is Damon Schritter. It's a radio show. That first joke's not going to count. thought it was a TV taping. I got all excited, threw some French humor in there, and now it's gone to waste. <laughs> so, uh, Damon, here from uh, Vancouver, drove up. They uh, said, hey, there's a budget for travel. And then I got the budget, and I said, uh, oh, this is a driving budget. <laughs> so, drove up. Uh, spoiler alert, I prefer to fly. Because I'm one of those guys, like, I've trained myself over the years. As soon as the plane takes off, I am out cold, right? Like, as soon as it goes up, I don't wake up till the wheels hit the tarmac. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just time-traveled. <laughs> I wake up in a completely different part of the country. So the last flight I was taken out, I was just, you know, took off out of Vancouver. I'm out cold. I don't even know how long I've been asleep for. And then I hear the uh, airplane guy, um, pilot, whatever you want to call him, guy driving comes on. He's like, hey, everybody, we've got a little problem here. You might have to turn around and go back to Vancouver. The door indicator light has come on, which threw me for a loop, right? I didn't know we had door ajar lights in planes, right? We have them in cars, that makes sense, right? You see the light come on, you pull over, you check all the doors, you go on your way. Even if you're driving, and the light comes on, you don't see it in time, and one of your buddies goes flying out of the car, he doesn't die, right? He just bounces down the road into a ditch, and then you gotta pull over and give him a smoke and be like, holy, close one, huh? Shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Take him for a skin graft or whatever they do. But I've seen movies, and when the door flies open on a plane, Everybody gets sucked out. <laughs> I didn't want my last words to be like, I never got my pretzels! And then I'm just flying. And that's the thing, everybody thinks their last words are going to be something cool. Right? Everybody thinks they're going to go out on a high note and be like, yippee ki mofo. 
Yeah, I know what my last words will be because I was driving one time just a little bit ago and I was coming down the highway and I hit some water and I hydroplaned and I veered right towards a rig and all I said was, yeah! <laughs> yeah, I would have gone out on a Martin Short impression. But then I saw the cart service people coming around the corner. I'm like, oh man, we're gonna live. They don't serve food if you're going down. <laughs> but now I had to piss pretty bad, right? I thought, I was like, oh my God, I thought we were gonna die. So I, I made a break for it, right? You only got a quick moment before they come around and cut you off. So I raced up there, came around the corner. I was like, ah oh, man, hey, look, I thought we were, you know, gonna die. Can I just get by? I really got a piss from the whole incident, the door <laughs> indicator light thing. And he's like, sorry, sir, we've already started our cart service. He's like, here, you can have some pretzels. I was like, I don't know how that's gonna help. They're pretty water absorbent. If you're telling me you want me to piss in a pretzel bag, that's your call. But I took the pretzels and now I was kind of angry. I wasn't really thinking clearly. And I just stopped. I was like, well, I'm up here. Can I also grab a bag of peanuts? And this guy lost it on me. I think the only thing you can say worse than bomb on a plane is peanut. Because this guy freaked out. He's like, you can't have peanuts on the plane. People could die. I was like, well, just the peanut people. Yeah, like you can't kill me with a peanut on a plane. Right? I'm pretty sure there's not enough peanuts on a plane to kill me. Maybe if you put me in the bottom of a grain silo and began to fill it with peanuts, you might get me depending on how well I can climb that day. But I'm pretty peanut-proof on a day-to-day -day basis. Like you can take me to baseball games. I can help you feed elephants. I can do all the peanut stuff. But that's where we are in society, right? In the last 25, 30 years, we know that these peanut people are out there. <laughs> so now you can't have peanuts on a plane. You go for dinner, you can't get the split peanut soup. That was huge in the 80s. Um, but I think the peanut people were always there. We just didn't know it. Like I think back in the day, some guy ate a peanut and he was like, <laughs> and he went down and people were like oh man Black Plague got him because there was so many diseases killing people we didn't even think peanut was a possibility but then as we began to eradicate the diseases I guess the peanut slowly moved up the chart Until one day a German scientist fed one to a guy and he puffed up and he's like, the peanut's a killer! <laughs> because remember, the peanut people, they didn't let themselves be known all at once. They just slowly started appearing. Like the first time you met one was in grade four or whatever, right? Some kid moved to your school and they introduced him. Like, okay, everybody. This is Timmy, he's allergic to peanuts. Poor little guy, 
day one he gets to school, he's surrounded by 28 kids with a lunch that can kill him. And then the first thing that happened at recess was some kid rubbed a peanut butter sandwich in his face. Yeah, well, we just all thought he'd sneeze like a cat allergy. Yeah, we didn't know he was gonna puff up and have to move again. The peanut kid was always the new kid. He just had to keep moving till he came to a honey and jam town. <laughs> but then we started to decide, hey, we better do something about this. We're losing a lot of peanut people here. <laughs> so as a society, we all got together and decided to put warning labels on the packages. But we didn't go all in. Right? We just put may <laughs> contain peanuts. We're like, we're not really sure, but we're all pretty curious. <laughs> you say you dig in, but that was only working like 50-50. We were still losing a lot of peanut people. So science got involved and we invented the EpiPen, right? So now the peanut person has to carry an EpiPen with them. And now if they eat a peanut, they puff up, right? You gotta grab the EpiPen, you gotta shiv them with it. <laughs> they deflate back down to regular size. <laughs> peanut person saved. Right? The peanut people are thriving under these conditions. <laughs> there have never been more peanut people on the planet than there are today. They were this close to extinction. And now they outnumber the gingers. I was an 80s kid, so I know when peanut people started showing up. Uh, outdoor kid, right? 80s, we were all outdoor kids. Yeah. And, and for younger people here, it kind of gets romanticized on, on like, online is like, there's these memes like, oh, we were free to run around. It was the last days of freedom, but it's not exactly what it was like. <laughs> It's like you got home from school and your parents made you a cheese sandwich and then they were like, get out. <laughs> you come back when God turns out the lights. <laughs> we don't want to see you before then. We were all outdoor kids, right? There was no indoor kids back then. There wasn't even indoor cats. You never went over to someone's house in the 80s and they just had a box of turds by their shoes? <laughs> That's why they called them house cats, right? They just came with the house. 
You didn't even name all of them. You're like, oh, that one's lucky and that one, he's just around. Because like they only lasted like a year or two, right? Your cat you get run over by a car, whatever, just disappear. One day you'd be at a friend's house like, man, I used to have a cat just like that. And your cat could just move. You're like, I'm moving up the street. They're just gone. And I guess finally, someone got tired of losing cats. I was like, I'm sick and tired of going to the flea market every summer and getting a new one of these things. I'm gonna make this one an indoor cat. Probably a cat lady. He's like, this one's staying indoors. Her home officially became a cat museum. You can look, the cat doesn't go out. And then we stopped losing cats. Turned out they can live way longer than anybody thought. Like 20 years. But back in the 80s, there was also a lot of kids on milk cartons. Yeah, we were losing a lot of kids. And then someone was like, you know what worked with the cats? So they brought all the kids inside and that's how we got indoor kids. You guys have been great. I've been Damon Sir. Take care. Bye-bye. From the Okanagan Comedy Festival, that was Vancouver's Damon Schritter. Now, I've got a few announcements to make. As I've been telling you for the past two months, on March 6th, we are recording at the Yukon Arts Centre in Whitehorse. I can't make it to that show because I'll be hosting Canada Reads, but don't you worry, you're in very capable hands. My friend and hilarious comedian Don Kelly is stepping in to replace me. There are literally a handful of tickets left so get them quickly before it's completely sold out. And another big announcement, Laugh Out Loud is recording in Toronto at the Comedy Bar Danforth on March 8th. That's International Women's Day, and it is our Queens of Comedy show featuring the hilarious Deb Kimmett and Juno-nominated Lori Elliott and some very funny newcomers to Laugh Out Loud, Bria Heber, Kelly Zemnikis, and Rush Kazi. Tickets are on sale now and you can get them on our website. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to the comedy. This next comedian has been featured at festivals all across this country, including Just for Laughs Northwest. Originally from Toronto, now making his home in Vancouver, here's my good buddy, Ephthemios Nasiopoulos. Hi. It's good to be back in Kelowna, guys. This is good. I'm glad Canada, I'm glad we're hosting it here. This People need to know about this town. I love it. But you guys got like a... Massive highway going right down the middle of the town. It's kind of frustrating. You know, I ran 
it's hard. I was driving, and I was like, oh, look, A&W, can't wait to stop there, Miss Mags. I just left town. I couldn't turn around. I'm in Peachland. I don't even know what I'm doing there. I'm like, we'll get there tomorrow. We'll get there tomorrow. You can't. This is good, man. My, uh, my name's, it's a lot of words, a lot of letters, guys. Ephthemios Nasiopoulos, it's like 20 letters, I know, right? It's tough for people. I was doing a show up in Prince George. It's a great lot, you know, very multicultural town. Uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of unsolicited mullets is what's happening over there. They didn't even, no hipsters, just a lot of mullets. And I was doing a show there. And the poster in the club, it said, Ephthemios Nasiopoulos. But then to help people out, like in brackets underneath, so, you know, don't worry, speaks English. They needed help. They needed to know what's happening. And I come from a very religious family. We all have religious names. Well, really, not, not me. My, my dad. My dad's name is, uh, is Elias. In, the, in, in Hebrew's name is Elijah. My dad's name is God. Uh, my, my mother's name, Maria, after the Virgin Mary. My brother's name is Anastasios, which means, you know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, Ephthemios means a good-natured. So they really, they don't really care about me and my household. <laughs> They're the Holy Trinity. I'm like, I like chips at parties. Let's have fun. I'm good-spirited. So, no, I, uh, I've had a chance. I'm originally from Ontario. And I've got a, lot of, I've got a lot of friends that have been popping out kids in the last few years. And they want me to meet their kids, and they're so excited. You're going to love our kid. you got to meet our kid. He's the best kid. These young parents, you got to realize, I, I don't care about your children <laughs> as much as you care about your children. There, there's, a, there's a discrepancy. I'm not as excited to meet your kids. And they're like, oh, you're going to meet... He's a genius. This kid's the best. He's an athlete. I'm an adult. I am, I'm a full-grown male. I am literally better than your kid at everything in life. I don't know. <laughs> I'm comparing them to me every time, and I'm always winning. I'm, I'm taller. I'm faster. I can count twice as high. What are we talking about here? They look at Jimmy throw the football. I can throw him further than the football. Are we, are we kidding? Are we kidding? He can't pronounce his R's. When does that stop? I want some ice cream. You're 12. I don't, this is not right. Is this a character you're working on? I'm not impressed. And I met my one buddy's kid, you know, that was, that was, uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't go very well. He said some things he can't take back. He knows what he did. <laughs> his name's Andrew, he's three, and he really, he just, he got on his, oh, don't take his side. You don't even know what he said. <laughs> I was trying to make small talk with this thing. He had this shirt with a, a dog and a house on it. <laughs> I was like, Andrew, is that your dog? I said, is that your dog? And he's like, yeah, give me attitude right away. I was like, I'm already upset. He's like, yeah, it's my dog. I was like, yeah. First of all, it was a cartoon dog. So right, this kid's a sociopath. He's, you can't trust him. He's taking credit for other people's work. I was like, is that your house? He's like, yeah, it's a sandcastle. I'm like, okay, this kid needs some work. He needs some tutoring. And then he just looks me right in the eye. He's like, do you and your girlfriend have a dog at your house? I'm like, listen, kid, I literally have none of those things right now. You... just ruined my life in one sentence. I, who told you this? Who, how did you know all the things I'm running away from at the same time? It's like, how fast is your car? How fast? You picked me up from the train station. You know I'm not driving right now. I wanted to, I wanted to strike. I, I know you can't hit kids that aren't related to you. But anyways, I was upset. I thought, okay. whatever, what are you going to do? <laughs> 
I've got nephews too, and they're, you know, it's very, I feel like I'm at that age where, I, you know, the generational differences are coming through. Like, I, I grew up a lot of corporal punishment. I, even games at parties were different, right? I, I played, I remember musical chairs growing up. Like, that was different back there. That was like the Hunger Games for me. That was, not everyone made it out. Like, some people are still in a basement somewhere crying. It's not, it's not a healthy game. Ten kids, nine chairs, just pacing around. Your aunts and uncles are smoking cigarettes inside. You're just looking at your friends. It's like, when this song stops, you're dead. I'm not losing. I'm not, I'm not losing. I know we're best friends, but I'm getting the party back. I don't care what happens. Music stops when a kid's head goes flying through a sheet of drywall. Just starts crying. There's snot and blood. And then his mother just goes up to him and wipes his face. She's like, lose again. We're going home. You can't just sit fast. Your father sits all day. You think you would have learned something from him. I was, at, I was at my nephew's game. <laughs> it's different now. And that was like <laughs> 10 kids, 20 chairs. Just every kid just had his own chair just sitting there forever. <laughs> One kid covering in cake. When did we start? Three songs ago. This is this generation. <laughs> Things have changed. Man. Tried to stay busy over the holidays. Man, <laughs> I gotta stop calling the pandemic the holidays. It just feels like a really... <laughs> it feels like the worst holiday you've ever had. Just... Three years with your parents in a one-bedroom apartment, just crying. <laughs> Nothing changes. But <laughs> tried to stay. Busy. You know, I, I, I did uh, tried some hobbies. I tried uh, tried surfing. That was great. That didn't work out. I uh, I can't surf. I was in Tofino, and uh, if you've never been, like you got to get lessons the first time you go. And it was just me and kids, so I'm already upset. And I, I got I look like a massive penguin that's just on steroids. I'm like in this wetsuit and these kids are running around. Then you have to like, you have to practice first. You have to lie in the sand and they draw a surfboard around you. So now I'm just pretending I'm surfing on sand. People are looking at me like, what's wrong with this man? And I, I couldn't surf. I kept falling down, but these kids are great at surfing. They were like, doing backflips. I'm eating water, I'm eating sand. I was terrible at it. It got so bad, like kids started laughing at me. And this one parent, she's like, she looked at her kids like, stop laughing. We don't know what he's been through. Like as if... <laughs> Like, I'm just in recovery or some sort. <laughs> laugh it up, Cologne. Laugh it up. <laughs> try to... Try dating. Try dating over the pandemic. It didn't go so well. I don't know. That, that doesn't feel like a big... You guys are kind of small. You guys have... I don't know. It doesn't feel like a big online dating place in Cologne. I feel there's just... It's a, the, it's a small pool of people of... Doesn't, I don't think it works out here. Just a bunch of people standing on their own roofs. I'm just like, I'm still single. I'm like, I'll date you. I, I, tr I tried this thing. It was called, uh, it's called Bumble. And uh, Bumble, if you don't know, it's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful dating app. Uh, the, you, you, you match up and then you say hello to women and then they have to say hello back to you. Otherwise, they just disappear into the ether. I know, right? We're working on equality. So it's like, it's just up to them to say hi. And then uh, I, I didn't actually go on that date. It was... So, this, it was a crazy situation. I don't know who this woman was. We met. It was a great conversation, like online. We were talking. You know, like she liked books. I like books. She liked movies. I'm like, I like movies too. She's like, I'm a bit of a coffee aficionado. I'm like, you're telling me I love coffee. Let's, uh, let's grab a coffee. She's like, there's a great spot down by my place. I'm like, I'm there. She's, uh, she's like, it's Tim Hortons. I, I deleted the app immediately. I, don't, I, I, I never said that. I just disappeared. I went on a walk for three days. What kind of a psychopath goes to Tim Horns on a first date? What is this, a union meeting? Like, what are we doing here? 
We're trying to wrangle middle managers down at the textile plant? Are we organizing a Little League tournament? That's not where you start a relationship. That's where you end a relationship. That's your... That's your, like, listen, this is not working out. Let's go have some fake roast beef sandwiches and end this thing. I hate you with all my heart. Let's... That's what your financial advisor's like, listen, buddy, I lost all your life savings on Bitcoin. I don't know what happened. It was a rough eight seconds. I blinked. It's gone. It's gone. There's a Tim Horns up the road. Let's go there and sort this out. But I haven't had luck, guys. I'm, I'm single now, and uh, my last relationship didn't work out. We didn't, uh, we didn't have the same love language. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what those were either, and... Uh, <laughs> Not until it's too late. You guys, there's five love languages. Languages of love. And you generally don't find out until the relationship is completely in pieces. And she came home from the library with this dusty book. And she's like, it turns out we never have the same love language. I'm like, I don't even, this relationship is over. I don't think we're going to work out. I don't even know what you're talking about. She said, there's five, right? There's like words of affirmation, physical touch. That's a good one. I, uh quality time. Mine was English. It wasn't on the list. This is the problem. She's like, very funny. So, like, I'm not a very emotional guy. So she downloaded this feelings wheel. This is how bad. It's like a wheel of fortune wheel. She, like, put it on a magnet on the fridge. And it just, it's like that. It's like each, the bottom of the circle has, like, these root feelings. And as you get further away, there's, like, these derivative feelings. It's like, sad. Are you sad? Are you distraught? Are you a little upset? And then she's like, what feeling are you today? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is insane. She's like, pick a feeling. I'm like, I don't have a wheel. I, I, I have two feelings that I'm aware of, like good and not good. It's, it's more, it's a boomerang. I don't have a wheel. I throw it out in the morning, and if it doesn't smash my face, it's okay. So you know what your problem is? There's a brick wall blocking your heart, and I want to tear it down. I want to get inside the brick wall. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I think you need help. She's like, there's a brick wall, and I want to get inside and fix you up. I'm like, I don't have a brick wall. <laughs> Turns out I have a brick wall. Here's the thing, I... Yeah, it's huge, it is. But hey, listen, ladies, I'm not, you know, it's hard. Guys, we don't emote, you know? We're not, we keep things close to the chest. But I wasn't always like this. When I was young, there was no wall. It was just, I was just an empty field. I was just running around, you know, doing backflips in my, you know, birthday suit, just minding my own business. And, you know, one day someone stabs you in the back. Anyways, I added a fence around my field and people kept jumping the fence. So I added some razor wire, and then I, I, I built a moat, and then this beautiful retaining wall. You would love it. Didn't even use a level. It's so perfect. And then one day, you fall in love. She's like, let's tear down this wall. I want to tear it down. So we tore it down brick by brick. We drained the swamp, cut a hole into my fence, and now it's just weeds. You know, no one's been there for many years. And then one day, when I'm not looking, she stabs me in the back. Anyways, now it's snipers on the north tower and on the south tower pointing in a crisscross pattern. I've built a grass maze filled with lions and tigers that rip your arms and legs off. But ladies, from the outside, it looks like a garden. So some infrastructure's built up. You get a nice little crepe place. It's always golden hours, serves 24 hours mimosas. You'll love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> if you get through the maze, no one does. It's just a projection of my Greek mother, and she challenges you to cook off. But it's a trick question. No one cooks better than her, so you get poisoned to death. <laughs> you have to tell her, show me the way. And... <laughs> You have to tell her, teach me how, show me the way, and then she just rips off her mustache and she points to a tower in the back. But you're like, which one's the end? There's three towers. Obviously, the one with all the red flags on top. Anyways, if you, get, 
if you get to the top of the tower, there's no dragon. There's just a room full of mirrors that show you that you've been the monster the whole time. And you plunge to your death. Anyways, trying to fit that onto the feelings wheel, but I'm not too sure what color it is. But it's my opening paragraph on Bumble, so we'll see how that works out. Guys, I've been Ephthemios Nastyopoulos. Thank you very much. That is Ephthemios Nasiopoulos, and if you'd like to hear more of him, you can find his comedy album, Ephthemios, on iTunes. And that is our show. My thanks today to the Okanagan Comedy Festival, the Creekside Theater in Lake Country, and recording engineers Corey Haberstock and Jared Hillel, as well as Tracy Rideout. And a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. And a big thanks to you for listening to Laugh Out Loud on CBC Radio, Sirius XM, and the free CBC Listen app. My name is Ali Hassan. I'll see you back here real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.